Hello, welcome to the Age of Sigma Stat Center. I'm your host, Rob, and I'm joined by the wonderful Twitch chat, uh, my herd of bovine best friends. And we are looking at the event results from this weekend for the Age of Sigma tournaments that happened over the course of the weekend. We're going to look at the lists and we're going to look at some stats. And hopefully by the end of this podcast and or YouTube show and or Twitch show, you feel more informed, more entertained, and maybe, maybe just a little happier. Things you can do to help, like, subscribe, leave some comments below. And if you don't do that, you're a piece of shit. Yeah. Also, following that up, if you just listen to us as a podcast or something else, please join my Patreon. Please. Just please join my Patreon. Like a fiver, ten pounds a month. Come on. Just 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 please. That's all I got to say. Now, on for the stats. Okay, so there's some amazing stats. Right, shout out to Ziggy and Rob from the Age of Sigma Stat Center crew. Now, they've been able to put some amazing information together um, that's new. Now, we've got 22 tournaments into the Age of Sigma stats, which you can find on thehonestwargamer.com and in the show notes below. Now, there's meta participation. Meta participation is in effect. Let's talk about a couple of bits. Stormcast Eternal is still the most popular, but Sylvaneth has skyrocketed to being the second most popular faction in Age of Sigma, which is not a surprise to me. Doors Kane and Nighthorn still the third most popular together at 3%, with Ineth Deepkin, Nurgle at the top, and then Seraphon. So a load of new books are very popular, that is, as is tradition. Um, uh, right... Okay, so uh, that's the meta participation. Not much to say there, really, apart from obviously new books uh, get new players, which is actually really interesting because I think one of uh, the most popular armies for a very, very long time was Seraphon and Sylvaneth. Sylvaneth had a terrible book for an entire duration of its book, three years, basically, three or four years. Only person in the world I know was able to do quite well with it was Mr. Matt Mallow, um, a friend of the show and member of Team Lit. So only person I knew who could do really well with it. Uh, however... As many other people claim they could, but didn't. Um, the thing to talk about with that is I think lots of people had Sylvaneth armies in their garages and ready to go, very much kind of like the Iron Jaw situation. However, however, I think that's also going to be true for Lumineth, Realm Lords, and Zinch when both of those two books land later in the year. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see a magic-dominant meta in the summer, or I mean we pass the summer, whenever they come out, which I think will be in the next couple of months. Because um, that's going to really change the shape of the matter as well. But t right now, loads of Sylvaneth, loads of Stormcast, which is not a surprise at all. Um, uh, but yeah, Jeffrey says that the magic matter is here, but I think the magic matter is going to be even more here, which I think is interesting. Um, okay, so the other thing uh, to look at, if we look at... Oh, we could quickly look at win rates. Just very quickly to just kind of start the show off. Uh, so Bone Splitters uh, still haven't had enough uh, event results in here, for, in my opinion, for it to be worth it. Only 22 matches. But they've dropped from there. Uh, 13 tournaments, 77% win rate to 57. So I think you'll see that level off under 55. Now, Carriage and Overlords is an interesting one. Um, slightly f double the matches Bone Splitters have at 57%. I think Carriage and Overlords not only are an, uh, a, a faction that may get even more players playing over the next six months as people realize that they're very, very good. Uh, shout out to Jeremy and Carl. The ball sees up, bees down uh, for really showing people how good this army can be. Um, so I think you'll see bone splitters go down and level off. I think you'll see the meta representation for Carriage and Overlords go up. And you might also see the win rate go even higher, which I think is crazy. Sons of Behemoth, let's go. Me and, me and, <laughs> me and Tom are on this as a bet. Uh, Sons of Behemoth at 56%. Ladies and gentlemen, they're going to the moon. Like right now, take some four, take four giants, go to a tournament. I think you've got some great opportunities to do incredibly well at those tournaments, in my opinion. Yeah, I think they're going to go up and up and up. Um, uh, now, Disciple Zinch at 55% win rate. Just some people really helping with that. Not sure who. Uh, but shout out to all of my uh, uh, brothers and sisters who can see into the future and NBs of course uh, Silverleth at 54 now the, the key point to take away and Ziggy and Rob wanted me to express this point and I agree with it a lot uh, is the meta is pretty healthy we say that army should be between 55% and uh, 45% which gives us like a good wash of unit uh, of armies the only things over there are three aberrant un uh, armies at the minute I think Bone Splitters will go under 55, but I think Suns and KO might go over and might keep going up. We'll see. Suns definitely, KO maybe. 
Um, however, and then you've got a huge pile of armies in the mid bracket, and then under 45%, you've got Leeds in the first print, it's just on it, but it's literally just a pamphlet, so who really cares about it as like a, a book book, but it's a cool army, definitely. Um, and then you've got Cruel Boys, just terribly put together um, book. Glimpse uh, by Gits uh, at 39%, which is actually massive news. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, not to the bottom faction in all of Age of Sigmar. Welcome, Gloom Spike Gits, to your glow-up after the big change-up. They've gone from 33% to now 39%. They are threatening, that's right, threatening the 45% bracket. They are pushing their way up. They are piling out of the dank hold. Uh, Shout-out to players like Tom. Uh, uh, not Tom, Dom, sorry, um, and the uh, the Celestine Slime uh, on doing that. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then you've got Ogremore Tribes, 38%, but we know they're getting a new book along with Sons of Behemoth. Um, so like, I wouldn't be too stressed about that. Plus, their book was pretty like DOA, right? Like They had Stonehorns, and then that was, whole book was rubbish. The only pe people that were able to ever do anything more interesting with that that I ever saw was, obviously, uh, Stuart Iron Gutsman, what a legend and a babe, uh, was able to not only build an Iron Guts list, but also Yeti builds, which I thought was fascinating back in the day. Uh, I don't think they're anywhere near as relevant now. Uh, and then... But then half of that book was just absolutely dead on arrival, uh, which would obviously be the glutton's part portion of the book. Um, and so that just needs a new book. So I'm really excited to see what they do with that. It desperately doesn't need to be a copy and paste like we saw with Skaven. And instead, that needs to kind of get the glow up that we saw Sylvaneth have. And they've languished low enough in the meta that I think that that could be the case. Yeah, so let's hope. Let's hope for some big, chunky, beefy, like going to wrap you in their big cuddly arms ogres. Uh, get a big glow up when their book comes. OCR Bone Reapers and Flesh Eater Courts at the bottom. So two of our three, four death factions um, at the bottom of the pile. It's pretty interesting because it's in stark comparison to, in my opinion, what is the very threatening nature of the Nighthorn army at 53%. Um, OCR Bone Reapers um, are in an interesting place, but we saw Swaggy Shadow Sword recently go 5-0 with a really, really clever list over in the USA uh, using that Bone Tire Shrieker and Arcan. I think was kind of quite key for his success there. And I think that's very clever. Um, I think, again, it's a bit situational. But my kind of general conclusion for Age of Sigmar at the moment is that it's a player's game. Uh, the higher your skill ability and skill expression, the better you'll do. Uh, and I also think that it's very matchup dependent, not to, to quote one of the teams from the event this weekend. Uh, there's some real matchup dependent um, games. And there's also matchup dependent. There's also matchup dependent battle plans so <laughs> you've got like i don't think i don't think the who you play into has been as severe or what you play into has been as severe as it is in this edition however i still think the skill expression is really good and i think there's also something to say about points as well in a deep dive um if we just take a look at adam mumford's list that went did really well last week um he's got this amazing ability to deny you one extra victory point a turn. Well, the way he did that, because he had 10 cockatrices, each one is five, uh, counts as five on an objective. So what he would do, he would always just make it so that he would always score more, or he would make it so he denied your ability to score more. So you might hold two, you might hold none, because you might be able to flood the board, uh, but what he would make it so that you just lost a point, so you lost a point, lost a point, lost a point, lost a point. That's pretty interesting because I think that that's pretty telling. And if you can destroy someone's ability to achieve their grand strategy, that three-point swing is also going to be huge as well. So that's up to an eight-point point differential uh, in a match. And most games, in my opinion, you should be scoring, um, what is it, uh, 20 points. That's your average. Yeah, so that's your battle tactics and holding two. That's on a kind of general like general battle plan, which is why I think Galician veterans may become a little bit more in favour for being able to do barge to enemy lines. That bonus victory point might be the difference in people's ability to win or lose games. We'll see. Um, so super interesting stuff. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, tree rev stonks. Uh, yeah, huge stonks, right? But that extra additional one point 
Really, really important. Okay, so meta looking pretty healthy. Obviously, some books need a big glow up. Games Workshop made an effort with Grims by Gits at least. Uh, Ogres, they haven't, but we've got a new book coming. Bone Reapers, they're in a really weird spot because they could just literally change uh, some of their core allegiance abilities right now and bring them more in line or just drop some points and cause some real nightmares for people. They're not doing it, so uh, that's on them for not doing it. Flesh Eater Courts suffered all since Age of Sigmar 3 started. So anyway, um, now all of this is pretty important, and let's just take a look at some of the uh, the new armies, by the way. If you look, uh, Silver Death between June and July uh, doubled their meta representation. Uh, sorry, tripled. Silver Death tripled their meta representation. You should expect to see tons of Silver Death on the tabletop, and I think you're going to continue to see tons of Silver Death on the tabletop, very much like I expect Skaven to take a sharp decline in the next six months. I don't expect them to keep skyrocketing upwards. I think you'll see them drop off very quickly as people realize it's pretty much the same book um, with the same flaws and problems as it had. Whereas the Sylvaneth book is like a new set of tools for people who want to do really fun and engaging stuff for themselves on the tabletop. So I expect that meta representation. Maybe it doesn't go any higher, but probably, but could easily get higher in my opinion. Uh, Nighthorn also up there as well. Um, They've both got about the same meta representation of 7%, as I talked about, and they've both got the same win rate. And what's interesting is they kind of represent two extremes of what you may have to deal with in-game uh, when you're thinking about writing lists. Both of them pose very different problems. The Sylvaneth armies should be shooting and dealing with a lot of your strength at range, um, like even like projecting power either through shooting or through incredibly long movement and charges, whereas... Whereas the Nighthorn, slightly slower, really, as an army, um, but destroying their castle is incredibly tough. Incredibly tough to do, um, as is doing any magic into them. So uh, they're very different. Like One's like a scalpel, and one's like a, a giant anvil that you're going to die upon, uh, which is kind of interesting. So... Um, uh, okay, so so now with that said, we get some really interesting stuff, uh, thanks to Ziggy and Rob, which is happening over here on page 8 of the stats. So this is our drops and first turn choice. We talked about this already, but effectively, the chart on the right-hand side, as you can see, um, we're looking at uh, what percentage of army lists are one drop. 12% of all army lists are one drop. 5% are two drop. Um, 9% of 3 drop, 10% uh, a 4 drop, okay? Uh, and then it, it spikes up again around 8, 9, and 10 drops. So you got um, 10, 12, uh, so what is it, 22, 31%. 31% of all the drops, so a third, happen at 8, 9, and 10 drops, whereas 12% um, happens at a 1 drop. This means this gives you an opportunity to have a 90 or 89% chance of going of getting the choice to go first, with an 11% chance of a roll-off. 89%, which is great. Yeah, and then two drops is 80%, and then three, four, and five drops all equal out. And this is pretty much, in my opinion, battle regiments with either unmatched conquerors or bounty hunters. And they still give you way over half, okay? You've got 66% chance, so two-thirds chance that you're going to get the choice to go first, which I think is pretty key. Um, but... Uh, uh, so, I, in my personal opinion, my personal opinion, um, you've got a really, really strong uh, chance if you can build all of your army into a one drop. Personally, I think the Nighthorn out there in the world don't hate the idea of being a three drop. So, two bounty hunter units and um, two bounty hunter units and a battle regiment, uh, in my opinion, does not hurt anyone. Uh, it just makes them take an additional cruciator, um, unless you're pumping loads of damage one stuff into damage two in which case there's no real point you should stay as a one drop because really all you're doing is playing into their game anyway because they've got the cruciator as is so unless but if you're damage two moving into damage three because of bounty hunters then i think you're in a good spot because then you maintain your damage profile uh but you do take a 30 percent dip in the choice to go first, which is interesting. Now, Rob in the chat, who's one of the people helping with the stats, says slide 13 says Sylvaneth versus Nighthorn. Sylvaneth win 8% of the game at one event. Um, so uh, we could look at some uh, armies versus armies in a bit, because I think there's some really nice, like how the armies play and what they do, uh, which we'll discuss later. Okay. Um, so then if we just take a moment to look at battalions and grand strategies, um, we've got 
Bounty Hunters are 63% of all the battalions taken. Battle Regiment is 44%. And Expert Conquerors is 39%. do not forget, don't forget, um, Battle Regiment only being 44% of the, uh, of the uh, battalions taken, I think, is very interesting. Because I think you're combining them with Bounty Hunters. So you've seen Bounty Hunters, Battle Regiment together, or you've seen Bounty Hunters, then something else. Battle Regiment 44%, Expert Conquerors 39%, Command Entourage 26%, and then Warlord 22%. Um, uh, and then you've got 28% uh, of the Grand Strategies are Take What's Theirs. Take What's Theirs, which is uh, move uh, have more units in their deployment than they have in your deployment. That's really uh, than they have in their deployment. It's pretty interesting and then um you've got 24 percent of them are no place for the week and then there's some severe drop off so this really does indicate uh and then uh, 12 percent of the choices sorry are defend what's ours so you're looking at over 50 percent of the grand strategies really exist between these two grand strategies at the top they're pretty interesting um i think they're definitely more interesting than the grand strategies in age of sigma 3.0 to 3.2 my opinion i think they're fast like they 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 provide a, like a lot more turn 5 interaction and thought processes turn 4 going into turn 5 thinking about what you're going to do where you're going to be what you're trying to achieve as noted earlier by someone in the chat i think the reason take what's theirs is so popular is because so many of the battle tactics really reward you from being aggressive into their deployment as I talked about earlier with scoring also grabbing additional objectives to score is key so uh, fascinating information shout out to Ziggy Rob you can find these all on the honestwargamer.com if you look in the stats so our first event that we're going to look at is in Poland in Poland 72 players and Europe's largest event I think in a good long while or definitely this year which I think is really interesting um <laughs> so uh in first place we had a beast of chaos list run by uh robert rupert rajowski uh he had a dragon ogre shagoth a dragon ogre shagoth and this is all in gav spawn so the ability to use a command ability for a spawn to give plus one attack to uh, a melee weapon profile to a unit which is very very good uh two dragon ogre shagoths um they've obviously one of them's got the arcane tome um, so it's gonna it's gonna be able to cast two spells, which I think is nice and clever. Two doom balls. I quite like two doom balls. Two little small like um, aggressive units that you can use to like grab objectives and charge stuff for 110 points. That's some really good output. Um, and then the ability to just put something on an objective worth two points as well. I don't hate that at all. I think that's quite clever. Nine dragon ogres, six dragon ogres, and then another six dragon ogres, and they're all in bounty hunters. Uh, so that plus one damage is going to be really effective. But really, the key part here, although obviously that's huge, plus one damage into galley vets, the key part here is obviously that rally uh, on a four-up and then eventually their rend. Meaning that even... I mean, six Dragon Ogres are amazing just for taking damage and then rallying them all back. Nine Dragon Ogres is even better. Normally you want to spend those reinforcement points on something else because you're taking two of your reinforcement slots. But it's fantastic. You can wipe out... Uh, you're looking at 45 wounds there. You can wipe out the front 40 wounds in front of you and then an inspiring presence and a rally in the next turn and you're going to have a huge portion of that back. They're, just, they're, a, they're a great wound sink unit. It would have been really interesting to have seen them going somewhere like this for maybe some sort of like Sylvaneth unit or something like that but um, because of that kind of like regrowing nature I don't really get it for Dragon for <laughs> for Beast of Chaos but it is what it is right uh, so there's a lot going to be a lot of wounds in this army right 151 oh it's not a lot actually 151 wounds that's like a little bit above average uh, and then two Chaos Spawn and then the Cron Spine Incarnate of Gur so 400 points on that big boy uh, does everything that we said before but it's going to pin you in uh, make it so you can't retreat. If it kills a monster, it's going to go up a level. It's going to be in a really good spa uh, space. And then uh, all, then you're going to be able to like not retreat from it, which is going to be really good. And then it's the summoning that does so well here. The summoning that does so well for Beasts of Chaos. You've got the ability to deny grand strategies. The ability to achieve battle tactics your opponent wasn't expecting or grand strategies your opponent wasn't expecting. Going into turn five, you can have some, uh, you can have some summoning points and the ability to win games absolutely massive now uh the scoring looked a little bit odd here so i'm not going to go through all the four ones and instead we're just going to pick out one of the four ones which is mateus and he was running an alario list uh in gnarl route 
Um, he had a battle mage, obviously, for the pluses to charge, so from the realm of Gur, so that's a, an ally. Then Alariel, a spirit of Durthu, and then a Warsong Revenant, and he's got the green word Gladius as well uh, for those extra attacks. Warsong Revenant was the general with spell singers, so the ability to cast spells through woods, which means they can do their War Scroll spell, which is an AoE mortal wound bomb. And in addition, and I really love this because this is something I've wanted to take for a while, is the Vengeful Skull Root, which is, again, another mortal wound uh, bomb spell, which they're going to do at range because they're going to cast it through the wood that they cast these spells through. So you've got the real, the real ability early to do a lot of mortal wound damage into an opponent's army, which is pretty scary. Uh, the army is in a battle regiment and a command entourage, making it a four drop. So it should have a 64% chance of, uh, of being able to get the choice to go first. So a little bit above average choice to go first. And then Lariel is going to be really, really aggressive because the ability to move incredibly far up the board, charge, and then obviously you strike and fade away, teleport out of there is really effective. Ten dryads. Two times five tree revenants uh, for that amazing uh, bar to enemy lines. Three points early play if you want, or just to grab an, uh, an objective later. Uh, so biggest event. Poland's got an amazing scene. They got a really good team that went to Worlds. Um, they, they always take super rock hard lists. I think it's true to say that sometimes you see lists in Poland and you end up seeing it pop up in different metas later on um, in uh, in the year. So if you get the opportunity, I would go and look at all of the lists from this event and you can obviously go check out them in the show notes now okay so over to canada to canada so the north american meta and we're looking at the season of war grand tournament in first place uh, and top of our 5-0 bracket between was ridge hannah with his fangs of sotek uh seraphon list and then reuben parker with the sons of behemoth uh, list as well. I knew that they were going to uh, start popping up around here as well. So shout out to Ruben. Uh, Ridge, fantastic human being. Got the pleasure to meet and hang out with him very recently when I was over in the US. Uh, fun, charming, uh, and a real sport on the tabletop. So I don't think there's any, anyone you would really want to represent the hobby and go 5-0 more than Ridge. Well done to him. Uh, and he was running a quality list. Fangs of Sotek in Seraphon. Now, Fangs of Sotek give you the ability. They've got summoning uh, and they've got a teleport, which is different to what a lot of um, uh, the Seraphon lists you may have faced in the past year have been, which have been Thunder Lizard lists. So that's something to watch out for and may have caught some people out. And in addition, uh, they've got a command ability for the Skinks, where if you shoot, they get to run away on a 4+, plus after they've overwatched. Now, some other kind of follow-up bits as well, is they've obviously got that additional movement on Skinks uh, early on, which is pretty key, which makes the 30 block of Skinks that he's got in his army really effective. He's also got the Slan with the command trait Arcane Might, uh, and he's got the artifact, the arcane tome, making him an additional wizard, which means when you sacrifice a spell uh, to be able to turn into something, you give up no spells for these slants, which are really good. Uh, he's got a skink star priest, a skink priest, and a skink source Astroth banner bearer. And it's going to be that Astroth banner bearer and Stella Tempest, which is going to be really good for keeping Night Haunt in check for those horde clearance spells. Then you've got 30 skinks, two lots of 10 skinks, and five source guard. Then two lots of two salamanders. And then a Basilidon with the Arcasotec. Then he's got the Purple Sun and Ravenax Gnashing Jaws. Now, in my personal opinion, um, uh, like in my personal opinion, um, I think that this has got all of the tools that you really need. Okay, you come up against something with good armor. Sure, you've got Mortal Wounds coming out of the Salamanders, as well as being able to reduce their save with the Purple Sun with good spell casting from the Slan and all of the additional Mortal Wounds. Okay, you're coming up against Nighthorn or something that needs you to roll loads of dice. Well, no problem. You've got a Horde Clearing spell or you've got 30 Skinks uh, dishing out a ton of shots as well and being able to do a, a ton of shots in combat. Not forgetting, in addition... They can also do mortal wounds on sixes to wound, uh, thanks to the skink star priest or priest, whichever the fuck one it is. Uh, they've also got the spell, uh, the prayer curse, which is on four up. You can stop that. So you've got this kind of like toolbox of units uh, and abilities to put where you want into the opposing army. You've got good screens, you've got summoning, uh, and you've got some really scary output. So, yeah, just a real good toolbox. He also had the Basilidon with the Ark of Sotek, which is just a great piece for just holding an objective and stopping your opponent from being able to go anywhere. Um, like, it's just really good. If you get the curse off, they do additional mortals on sixes to hit and wound. Correct. That is correct. Thank you. Yes, I, I do know, but thank you for saying it. <laughs> of course. Uh, uh, right, and then our 5-0 five -oh, five -oh Sons of a Hemet list. So he deserves a, a special shout-out. Ruben! 
If you're listening, well done, Ruben. You've nailed this. This is great. Uh, a Kraken Eater Mega Gargant, uh, a Gatebreaker Mega Gargant with the Arcane Tome and Flaming Weapons, making him do just outrageous damage. Three Man Crushers and a War Stomper Mega Gargant. Now, why do I think these are good? Because of their ability to count as more on objectives, it's very, very difficult to take objectives off them. This means, this means, in my opinion, um, that it's very difficult to go up a few points for holding more or even holding two in some cases on some of the battle plans. The scoring is generally pretty low on a lot of the battle plans in this edition. Also, you're able to charge into your opponent's territory. Then you're able to do things like desecrate their lands and buy your enemy lines with your big monsters and do that really effectively, which is key. So you're strong on the primary and you're pretty good on the secondaries as well in a load of different ways. If you're using... Um, so like... Like, I think that Gargants have got some real play in this edition. Uh, Ruben proving it, so he should be super, uh, super proud of himself there. Like, I think that that's, uh, that's really good, especially before the new Sons of Behemoth book. So congratulations to him. Right, okay, so if we just take a look at the 4-1 bracket, got a nice mixture of different armies, actually. Uh, Nate Trentinelli with his Nighthorn list. Uh, hey, Nate, if you're listening, keep being hot, you big hunk of meat. Uh, was running Scarlet Doom with nine Spirit Hosts, which I think is uh, one of the very few times I've ever seen it. Two Spirit Torments, Guiding Souls, who um, had a Krugas Cruciator. Uh, one Spirit Torment was, of course, uh, the the wizard in the army. He took the Master of Magic in the Arcane Tome. Nine Spirit Hosts, two lots of ten Chain Rasps, and all of those were... The nine Spirit Hosts and two Chain Rasps were... Two ten chain rasps were all in expert conquerors. So that's going to be really tough to get rid of those Spirit Hosts. Two lots of 20 Blade Geist Revenants are all in bounty hunters so don't forget they're going to have that four up save and then maybe have a five up ward as well then four mimron banshees to kind of ward the whole army against spells which i think is really clever and then the purple sun really nice uh, and he Trentinelli was running the same list he won summer slaughter with or he he went 5-0 with summer slaughter with so uh, a big shout out and congratulations to him um sorry it was it was, wasn't won by him but like he went 5-0 there um so that's the Bliss Barb Archers, so like our 50 Bliss Barb Archers, a Crunch Spine Incarnate, Blade Seeker, Contorted Epitome, Sigvald, um, all pinning the army. And you can go back and watch some of those games on the T-Sports Network uh, Twitch if you want to see how they played. Uh, Oliver Ganduet uh, was running um, a Ineth Deepkin list with a Soul Scryer, Low Tan, and Soul Render. 30 Reavers, that's going to be 90 shots, which is crazy. Also an incredibly scary unit to charge uh, because obviously it can stand and shoot. And when it does... That's going to be 90 shots that ignore the minus one to hit because they've got a war scroll ability for plus one to hit. So that's that's 90 shots, threes and threes, rend one, damage one. You charge that with most stuff, it dies, which I think is really interesting. Uh, two lots of 10 thralls and a Leviadon, and then two lots, uh, sorry, two single Alapexes. I really like the Leviadon's inclusion here as well. It gives it like another major threat. I always think like a reinforced unit of Alapexes is something you definitely need to be conscious of, but it really doesn't have the output and singular uh, point and click ability that a Leviadon does. Uh, Leviadon does, sorry. So I think that's really fun and, and really interesting to see. Oliver Dempsey was running a Sons of Behemoth list. Again, that was in the 4 1 bracket, but a War Stomper and a Gatebreaker, and then three Man Crushers, and then three Wands of Man Crushers. Is this the rise of the Man Crusher meta? Let's go. Who knows? It's incredible stuff. Like, really interesting. More Man Crushers. Uh, those Man Crushers were all in Bounty Hunters. So they're going to be damaged too, which I think is genuinely really, really good. Because they get a lot of attacks um, and put, some in, put them in the right place. They could do some real work. They could, they're just really good for clearing like a 10-man screen or a 10-man objective holding unit. Uh, and those units do exist. Okay. Uh, we also had Carl Ong running the same list that he went 5-0 with at um, Summer Slaughter as well. So that would be uh, a gun hauler, 10 uh, of the gun hauler guys, what are they call Grunstrock gun haulers. The frigate, uh, not the frigate, sorry, the ironclad, the purple sun, the three times 10 dudes, um, the Arconaut company, the Cronspine incarnate, uh, and then some characters, one of who's got a spell in the bottle. Drop the purple sun, charge the incarnate, shoot all your guns, bosh, 4-1. Let's go, Carl, seize up, bees down. Um, Mitch was running uh, a Nurgle list, and that Nurgle list was uh, Festus, Lord Afflictions, Lord Afflictions. 
Three times four Puskov Blight Lords, and we talked about these lots on the show. And Horogast, which was such a nice little play in there. Love that. Especially with the amount of attacks he's doing across that army. Horogast would be so, so good. Um, and won't really hurt him because they're bravery eight. So even if you kill two of the Puskov Blight Lords in a turn, which is a pretty strong effort uh, to make that happen, because they've got a four-up save, eight wounds each, and a five-up ward, you're still going to... Um, uh, you're still not going to run away. So you've got to kill three. So that goes up to 24 wounds you've got to do. And then it's only on a six. So I think you're pretty safe having Horogast in your own army and he's fantastic against your opponents. So shout out to him. Uh, the Silverleth list that did really well uh, was Lady Vines, a Tree Lord Ancient, and Arch Revenant. This was all in the Heartwood, which meant the two units of three Kurnoth Hunters with great bows were battle line, great for sitting at the back of the field. And then the six Kurnoth Hunters with great scythe, uh, sorry, with Kurnoth Scythes, uh, were in Bounty Hunters along with a unit of Revenant Seekers. The Tree Lord Ancient had Narl Warrior, so it was ethereal and was going to be running around with Lady of Vines, so was going to have a 5-up ward save, as was everything else. Um, this is an interesting list because you assume it plays very much like a castle uh, as an army. It's got healing, it's got the ability to put Kurnos back into the units as well. Really like to see this play. Really like to see this play into different armies. Guess it's really tough to deal with some of those units uh, here, but yeah. Uh, such an interesting list uh, and that was run by Paul Paul <laughs> uh, and then Iron Jaws was running, uh, Andrew Lack was running Iron Jaws and that had um, uh, an Uruk Megaboss, a War Chanter another War Chanter, a More Crusher 10 Brutes, 10 More Brutes and 10 R Boys and 3 lots of 3 Pigs the Pigs were in Bounty Hunters uh, which I think is a great shout personally um, and congratulations to them and everyone at the Canadian event, hope you had a great time Okay, so if we just take a moment uh, to go over to the Quest of Champions Heat 4. Um, uh, we had 32 players uh, vying it out, and the only no one went 5-0, but the only one with 4 and a draw was Andy Hughes with his Nighthaunt Scarlet Doom list. Uh, I played against this list at the only list that beat me at Clash a couple of weeks ago, um, and this is Nagash, uh, Supreme Lord of the Undead in Scarlet Doom and Nighthaunt. Uh, a Spirit Torment with Master of Magic and the Arcane Tome. Uh, 20 Blade Geist Remnants. Two lots of 10 Blade Geist Remnants. 10 Chain Gas. Sorry, 2 Chain Gas. Chronomantic Cogs and the Purple Son of Sheesh. Now, Cogs is obviously fantastic on Nagash. The ability to re-roll. Um, the ability to re-roll all of his casts so he doesn't, um, he doesn't miscast. Which is really good when he can cast so many spells. And then he can generate a lot of Mortal Wounds. And do a lot of Arcane Bolts. Seems kind of like the key trick here. Also being able to put the 5-up ward on the Blade Geist Revenant. So they can have one point have a 4-up ward. Is really good. Two lots of 10 Blade Geist Revenants as well. Um, that do basically the same thing. Uh, the Cogs and the Purple Sun. Obviously reducing the rend down on your opponent. Maybe just auto-killing something. Uh, sorry, reducing the saves on your opponent. Maybe auto-killing something. It's a one-drop. It gets a choice to go first. Um, once it puts the buffs up on the Blade Geist Revenants, like minus one to wound, five up ward save, that unit is outrageously tough to deal with. And then you've got Nagash sat behind it doing all of that stuff. Um, so, uh, like, really, uh, really, really interesting. Um, and congratulations there. Right, so let's look at the 4-1 bracket. We've got some very interesting lists in the 4-1 bracket. Uh, shout out to Toby Meadows from Team England, Slow Mo Toby. Uh, he was running a really interesting Knights of the Empty Throne list. So Knights of the Empty Throne is the Slaves to Darkness sub-faction where you can use Varangard. And when you take Varangard, they become characters, or heroes, sorry, or whatever whatever it is. Um, and then they get the ability to take a command trait and an artifact. So that's wicked because then you can make them really effective. These became these were super popular at one point and Varangard is still popular now when they've got the Marcus Inch, they've got three up armor save. Marcus Inch gives them a spell ignore and also reroll ones to their save. So the unit of six Varangard and you can still reinforce them. So unit of six Varangard is thirty wounds uh, with a three up armor save, rerolling ones with a double spell ignore crazy crazy good then you've got inescapable doom as a command trait uh which means that you cannot retreat from them and then you've got uh the grasping plate which means you get to pile in from outside of six inches and up to six inches which means what happens is people cp uh so they auto run six with their movement 12 varangard i think they're 12 might be 10 uh, so either give them a 12 or 18 inch range and then they can just pile in 6 inches so they've got a very big and effective range for charging don't forget Varangar, get to pile, once per battle get to pile in and attack twice 
So in the right situation, uh, you can do loads of extra, like you can do loads and loads of um, damage with these, like in a turn that you choose to do so. Uh, then you've got the Chaos Sorcerer Lord. Um, oh, wait, did he put them in Bounty Hunters? No, he didn't. That's good. Uh, no, you can't because they're, they're not troops. Okay, perfect. Uh, then the Chaos Sorcerer Lord and the Chaos Sorcerer Lord uh, for possible save and all the good spells like Mask of Darkness, which is a teleport, and he's taken that twice. He had a battle line of uh, four units of eight Iron Golems for holding objectives, uh, and then he had the Mind Sealer's Pharynx, which has uh, got the ability to make you fight last. And then the Chaos War Shrine, um, which has got great buffs. Rerolls to hit, rerolls to wound. Uh, as a prayer, put that on a unit of Varangard, make them fight twice, go crazy crazy um uh staying out of the vanguard threat range is tough staying out of the vanguard threat range is very very tough um like uh depending on the to you might be able to fight with three times yes <laughs> depending on the to of course because <laughs> you no, know, he's got chaos sorcerer lord he's no he's got two chaos sorcerer lords no chaos lord no, he hasn't got a Chaos or Lord. Anyway, this is a really techie list. Super good. We know that there's a Safe Starters book coming on later on in the year. Um, and so I wouldn't necessarily go rush out to buy this and play. Toby's a fantastic player. He's got all of the skills to be able to put a list like this into practice. But the key units are still like very effective in loads of different lists. We've seen Varangard um, being used with Archeon or being used you know, in like six-circle lists for the extra damage. So... It's a really, really interesting set of overlapping buffs. Also, what's really nice about this in a very spell-heavy meta um, is it ignores huge portions of it, which I think is really excellent. Uh, so it's counter magic by just not playing the game, which I think is really key, but still has some wizards for unbinds. And he's also um, uh, got the ability to uh, like make stuff fight last. But his buffs, specifically the prayers, you can't stop, right? Um, so I absolutely love that. I think that that's I think that's super clever um, and a really good list. I've seen lists like it before. It's not like it's not the newest in the world, but like uh, we haven't seen them in the Galette Battle Pack up until now. So shout out to Toby, that's fantastic. Um, uh, Tom Parry was running like a, a Thunder Lizard list, um, which you know we've seen plenty of. Uh, Lord Crow, Engine of the Gods, Source Ass, North Malabara, Skink Priest, Five Source Guard, Five Source Knights, and Five Communion Skinks. I think this is a pretty good result for Tom. Tom like normally floats around the three, two, four, one category, so I think he's going to have gone away from that weekend feeling pretty happy with himself. Uh, two Bastillons with Solar Engines are in his list as well. Um, then we had an Ineth Deepkin uh, list being run by uh, uh, Will William Holly, who's just an absolute treasure just a treasure of a human eidolon of mathlan uh, aspect of the sea a thrall master a soul render two lights of 10 reavers 20 thralls uh and then two alapexes and a leviadon and he's going to be super chuffed with that result he should be like really happy with that so well done to him there was also a great uh filth bringers so a rock coven list so three rock coven bringer sorcerers being run by simon burdett yeah, he should be super chuffed with this well done simon um He's got three sources, which means I think they get plus three to cast when they're all near each other. It might be plus two. A lot of afflictions. Two lots of four Puskal Blight Lords and two Puskal Blight Lords. And then he's got the Purple Sun and the Horogast. And then three Nurglings and a Puskal Blight Lord. He did have all of the Puskal Blight Lords in Bounty Hunters, so they've got some really great matchups. They've got great matchups anyway. I think Blight Lord, I think Nurgle Flies are always going to be a problem for everyone. Uh, truthfully, Purple Sun to auto say stuff, reduce their rend by one, which is really good for Blight Lords because it gives them some rend. Uh, Horogast, great spell, and like we talked about earlier, you're not going to run away. Uh, and I love the Rockbringer Sorcerer uh, list for making either the uh, the Purple Sun or the Horogast activate uh, doing Mortal Wounds because the Rockbringer uh, Sorcerer War Scroll means that when you take, uh, when you're affected by more, uh, spells from uh, from endless spells. When you're affected by endless spells that were cast by the Rockbringer Sorcerer, then you start to take disease points, which I think is super, super clever. Uh, hello to Chonga24, first time chatter. Uh, thank you for subscribing in the chat. Loads of love. Uh, hello, first time chatter. Uh, Summer Bidet, aka Spuddy. Oh, well, well done, Spuddy. You should be super chuffed with yourself. Uh, then we got Tom Wallet with a Flesh Eater Quartz list. Uh, this was um, an Abhorrent Gulking Royal Terrorgeist, Art Regent. 
an Inferno Courtier and an Avargulf Courtier. Ten Crypt Ghouls, nine Crypt Horrors, nine Crypt Flares, and Chronomantic Cogs. The Cogs for the reroll charges, the Horrors for the screaming, and the Flares for the fighting. Oh, sorry, the Horrors for the fighting and the Flares uh, for the fighting. Thanks to Ziggy for donating ten gift subscriptions in the chat. Oh, to such legends as Matt Goldsbury in the chat there, and Colvin Mark. Uh, so that's really lovely of Ziggy. Thank you so much. So, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, FEC currently have the best win rate in the game at the moment. Uh, so congratulations to Tom on that. Has he cracked? Uh, has he cracked the sne the secret sauce uh, that is to make flesh eater courts do better going four one? We'll find out. Uh, and then Stephen Mitchell over from Ireland uh, was running Slan Engine of the Gods, Skin Priest, Skin Priest, Slan Star Master, and he had Got Trek in his list as well. This is all in Thunder Lizard, so reducing damage by one. Three lots of ten skinks, five Saurus card, and a Bastillodon with Solar Engine with the Purple Sun. Now, Steven's an excellent player. Uh, I think adding Gotrek into your list is also really interesting at the moment. Works super well into flies. Um, there are as many things that I know can deal with five flies, but Gotrek's going to be really, really, really good at that. Um, there are actually some really good lists. Actually, some really good lists where a Gotrek would come in pretty, pretty important. I think it's actually super clever of Steven for staying on meta and really understanding what's out there in the game at the moment. Yeah, Gotrek's not a bad shout. Gotrek's not a bad shout into the meta at the minute. Like, I like that a lot. That is that is nice and clever. Well done. And Steven's also like a fantastic player. Okay, so that was everything at Quest of Champions Heat 4, uh, run by the Warrior Lodge guys. Uh, you can find them on Twitter and they constantly run events, so you're going to be able to... Um, uh, find some more events from them, I'm sure, coming up soon. Going over to Texas, T-E-X-A-S. Uh, we're going to the Harambe's Heroes and the Goldmine Games, Rumble in the Jungle. A man that needs no introduction, Mr. Gavin Grieger, with Harambe's Heroes going 5-0 with Daughters of Cain. Now, what's fascinating about this is he has taken probably the most medalist I've seen him taken to date. Um, uh, like... Because he's got uh, the Marathi and the Bow Snakes. He's also got some Stab Snakes, like 10 of them. Uh, and then 10 Witch Elves, two lots of five Heart Renders, and Cogs. For, I guess, reroll casts on Marathi? Um, like, and he was the best performing player from Season 1. So, Age Sigma 3.0 to 3.2 Season 1. Uh, he was able to absolutely smash it. Um, and that's really good. Uh, and uh, no surprise, no surprise. Probably one of the best lists in the game still at this moment. Uh, doing really well and absolutely dominating. So a massive congratulations to him. I, I am very unsurprised that he was able to perform incredibly well. Kelpig with his Night Haunt. Uh, just take a moment to find that list. Uh, was running a Cruel Gas Cruciator, two Spirit of Torments, a Guiding Souls of the General, five Hex Race, two units of 20 Dread Scythe Haradins in the Quicksilver Dead. Three Spirit Hosts, another 10 Haradins, and then Tain Chain Rasps with a Purple Sun, four Banshees, and two Chain Gas in his list. So Night Haunts just do what Night Haunt does, but like nice to see, instead of obviously uh, the, the other sub-faction, Quicksilver Dead doing really well here as well, in what I assume is a pretty tough field, uh, being in the Harambe's Hero team. The J to J was running a Maggotkin Nurgle Drown Men list, uh, and that was Blobe, Lord of Afflictions, and then all the Puskill Blight Lords, four units, three units of four. So congratulations to him. We also had um, Sons of Behemoth doing well, uh, well again with Christopher Schelling. Uh, he had um, a War Stomper, a Gatebreaker, and uh, sorry, two War Stompers, two Gatebreakers. That was what was in his list. So congratulations to him. He's done really well there. Uh, and then also in the 4-1 four -one, four -one category, uh, <laughs> Uh, is Andrew Fona with a Seraphon Thunder Lizard list. He had a nice little interesting take here, and he had slightly more Saurus Guard, so Saurus Astaroth, Banabera, Skink Star Priest, this is all in Thunder Lizard, Star Master, Engine of the Gods, Skink Priest as well, and a Star Seer, then 10 Saurus Guard to protect, 10 Saurus Knights, 10 Skinks, and a Basilidon with Solar Engine, and then 3 Croxagore, which you never get to see. Now, the Bounty Hunters... Uh, were the Croxagore, the Tensaurus Guard, and the Tensaurus Knights. And I quite like the Tensaurus Guard as Bounty Hunters. That can make them pretty effective in the right matchup. And that reducing damage down by one, make them pretty tanky and survive around, which I think is uh, very clever as well. 
Uh, and that's everything from Harambe's Heroes. There was only like 30, 28 players playing. Uh, but the, the Texas boys play a lot of Warhammer. Tox, Texas people, sorry. Play a lot of Warhammer all the time. Um, and if you ever want to go play some good Warhammer, you should probably stop down by there and have some fun. Okay, going over to the Steel City GT, uh, which means it was in Detroit. That's probably wrong. I don't know where that is. Uh, but anyway, so it's over in the USA. And Ghoul King himself, the Bill, the Hot Sues, as they call him, uh, took the event out with a 5-0 with Fire Slayers. Again, one of the armies with a very low win rate right now. Represented team Wicked Dicey. Um, he's got an Auric Rune Father, an Auric Rune Smiter, and a Rune Lord in his list. Two lots of 10 Hearthcar Berserkers, and then three Auric Rune Sons on Magma Droths. Now, if he's running the same ones he was running at Summer Slaughter, he's got a fighty one, a tanky one, and a shooty one. Um, uh, so they all do different jobs. So he's got a real toolbox of, of units he can match you on the table. They're all in Bounty Hunters as well, so they're all going to get that additional damage, which I think is really excellent. Uh, he's also got the Runic Firewall, and then he's got two units of 10 Hearthguard Berserkers, and they're in Unmatched Conquerors, so they're going to count as 30 or 3 per 1 on the objective, and that's also really effective as well. So he's got all that extra damage into the opponent. He's got the ability to hold... Um, the objectives uh, with very, very fighty Hearthguard Berserkers uh, in his army. And then he's got all of the characters like the Rune Father and the Rune Smiter to be able to buff those units as well. Um, uh, thank you to the Fish for what the fuck for donating £100 to the show during the live stream. That's crazy. That's crazy. Fish, you're crazy. You're crazy. You're so crazy. Thanks uh, very much. Uh, fuck me, that took ages. <laughs> Gonna take me ages to emotionally recover. <sighs> okay, thank you. That's very outrageously kind of you for doing that. Um, and if he can do that, you can like and subscribe, motherfuckers. Um, but thank you. I uh, love you, dude. Oh, well, I love you too. You don't need to do that. Uh, okay, I also love Bill Souza. Let's talk about his list, and I'll just call you after. Um, this guy, Bill's great. Like, this list will probably have more tricks than it looks like on the tabletop, but also Bill's ability to understand positioning, uh, game state, board space, uh, tempo, and a bunch of other stuff makes him an absolutely excellent uh, Warhammer player. Uh, and I'm unsurprised that he's taking this to a 5 0. Um, don't forget, Bill, one of the few people to take many other factions to 5 O's, which people have not been able to do um, uh, in the in 3.0 to 3.2. So you really want to watch out for um, being able to copy uh, something like Bill's list because you just aren't as good as him. It's just that simple. Uh, it's just I'm not as good as him. You're not as good as him. That's that's kind of the solution to that. Um, uh, so congratulations to him. Okay, so to follow on from Bill doing really well with his Fire Slayer list, the event gets weirder. Weirder and weirder and weirder. So I'm going to say, Tom Guan, my co-host for Summer Slaughter, uh, and an absolute treasure, was running Blades of Corn, Reapers of Vengeance. Now, it would be absolutely fine to think that you're about to see some Min Battle Line and a bunch of Bloodthirsters, but ladies and gentlemen, that is not what you're about to see. He's got a Blood Secretor, uh, which obviously the plus one uh, attack aura around. A uh, Bloodthirst of Unfettered Fury. Uh, and then a safe start on his Demon Prince. And of course, because he's got the Mark of Corn, it's going to reduce those charges coming in. Then he's got Lord of Corn on Juggernaut, which makes uh, some of the other units we're about to talk about Battleline and Scarbrand. Now, he's then got one, two, three, four, five mighty Skull Crushers in a Battle Regiment. He's got a double Battle Regiment, making him a two drop army. So. Skull Crushers are five wounds apiece, and they come in units of three. So 15 wounds with three up armor save. Um, they've got six attacks per per model. Uh, threes, uh, like fours and threes, maybe some red, maybe not. Um, no, they're not in Bounty Hunters. They can get an additional attack, I guess, if they're somewhere uh, near the Blood Secretor. But having seen Scarbrand absolutely go off at Summer Slaughter, I think Tom has just built an entire army just to make sure he can charge Scarbrand at stuff. I think that's what his army is there for. That's it. And then just deleting stuff with Scarbrand. Pretty certain that's what the entire army is here. 75 wounds on a 3-up armor save in the Mighty Skull Crushers, meaning you're probably going to struggle 
to be able to bounce. Like, you're going to bounce off some of these units, or you're going to get locked in a fight with some of these units, which gives time for the slower Scarbrand to move at the board and start smashing people's faces in. Crazy. Crazy list. And that's not where it, it doesn't stop there. Then Ben Kloss is running a Bone Splitters list uh, with Kragnos, a Wurgog Prophet, three lots of five Savage Boar Boys, five Savage Boar Boy Maniacs, five Big Stabbers, and then a Cron Spine Incarnate. Not much to say there because a huge portion of this is made up of uh, like, you know, 1100 points of other faction stuff in the Cron Spine Incarnate and the Kragnos. But he's also got the Wurgog Prophet for the stair, and then he's got some other things mainly minimum battle line units uh basically uh but congratulations because that's a fantastic result from the wicked dicey crew sean clark running his stormcast eternals list we saw him run at some slaughter um so this is nuke doctor uh, again a great list nitroconist knight valexa and battle mage three times five liberators four storm drake guard and then 10 protectors uh, all in a battle regiment and uh, he went 4-1 with that also at Summer Slaughter. So uh, that's a Stormcast list doing really well. We talked about this earlier in the show, like which Stormcast list is going to do well. And there's there's a one and played by a very excellent player as well. Uh, and then this is the list that's really got me. So Rob Monshine, congratulations to you. You've gazumped me today. Uh, a Breaker Boss of My Brute Trogoth, a really good fighting independent kind of solo unit. You know, I think I, I'm going to call these units kind of duelists. You know, they're, they're really good at just, like, being a solo unit that's just going to fight a couple of things, um, grab objectives, and do stuff like that. So, great work on the Maya Brute. Uh, the Breaker Boss on Maya Brute, Tragoth. Uh, those Doom Balls we talked about earlier were also probably good duelist units. Then he's got Gobsprack, the Mouth of Gork, uh, for his ability to reroll Unbinds. I guess it's what we're really going to be looking at there. And Uruk Warchanter, which is going to key in really nicely uh, with his two units of three uh, Gore Grunters. He's got three units of five Savage Uruk Ard Boys and then uh, who are in Unmatched Conquerors, sorry, Expert Conquerors. So they're going to count as 15 on objectives. And then he's got three Manscure Bolt Boys, the Cron Spine Incarnate, the Wurgog Prophet, and also a Weird Knob Shaman with great big green-handed Gork. This is a really interesting list because he's got a load of different uh, units here. The Gorgrunters are in Bounty Hunters. So three Gorgrunters are really excellent for just being in Bounty Hunters and going murdering stuff. The Ard Boys are also in uh, Bounty Hunters, so really good Galician veterans uh, for doing battle tactics and also holding objectives. They're going to count as 15. Wurgog Prophets, a Master of Magic. That's pretty good. Uh, like, just lots of lots of bits here, doing lots of stuff. And he's got some real interesting tools. Uh, i got to tell you, uh, Rob, not 100% certain how it all works, but... You should be super proud of yourself. And also, shout out to everyone. Uh, a special shout out to Corey. Uh, getting three wins there with his Lumineth. Corey is just amazing. Uh, thank you for sending the picture of me. Uh, the picture to me of you finger painting your miniatures. You're a great human being. Uh, so, well done. Next up, the Summer of Sigmar. The Gamers Guild Grand Tournament. Uh, we're looking at Colt with his Daughters of Cain list going 5-0, shout out to Colt. You should be proud of yourself. He's got Marathi. He's got a Bloodrat Medusa. He's got a unit of Fighty Snakes. I think that's a unit of 15 Fighty Snakes. Three, and then four more units of five Fighty Snakes. You, and then two units of five Heartrenders. Amazing. Okay, so no Bow Snakes for him. And instead, loads and loads of fighting with those Blood Sisters. Um, Marathi also playing a key role in that army because they don't die. Commandability, magic, shooting, everything Marathi does. Absolutely worth her points in that list. So uh, just looking at the 4-1 bracket, we've got Tyler with his Slaves to Darkness list and Cameron Halford with his Silverness list. If we look at the Slaves to Darkness army, it had a Chaos Lord, a Chaos Sorcerer Lord, another Chaos Sorcerer Lord. And then uh, a unit of Untamed Beasts, a unit of Chaos Knights, uh, another unit of five Chaos Knights. Then two units of 20 Chaos Warriors with the markers each. That's 80 wounds, and they're all in, obviously, um, Expert Conquerors. Our Chaos Knights were in Bounty Hunters, making them a very fast and punchy unit, especially into Galician Veterans. And then he has the Cronspine Incarnate of Gur. Um, so you've got to, you probably aren't going to take some objectives off those Chaos Warriors. Then the Cronspine Incarnate of Gur is going to go do all of the fighting. And then you're going to attack with those Chaos Knights. This is genuinely a very unique list, and I haven't seen uh, a list like this in a while. So uh, that's that's super good. And then similarly, our Sylvaneth list has got a Warsong Revenant with Spell Singer, so the ability to cast spells through trees. 
Tree Lord Ancient with the Arcane Tome of Verdant Blessing. And then three units of two, uh, three, sorry, two units of five Tree Revs, a unit of ten Dryads, a unit of three Revenant Seekers, and a unit of six Spite Rider Lancers. And then a unit of Gossamid Archers, which you never see, uh, or you don't see at the moment. Um, and I think this plays very similarly to how we've seen a lot of the other Silver Nethalists play. Uh, but the Gossamid Archers is a nice, interesting piece of tech because they can do something very similar to what we saw the Foxes do um, in a uh, Lumineth Realm Lords list. And uh, I'm not surprised uh, to see them in there. I think that they're very techy, very susceptible to being shot back. But I guess if you could just don't put them in bow range, you could do some really interesting and fun stuff with them. Okay, the GNT GT. Our final event uh, of today uh, was the event that uh, was run at the arena this weekend. Uh, I guess I ran it uh, along with my co-host Matt uh, while simultaneously also playing in the event, which I thought was real fun. If you take a look at our winner, Dennis, in the 5-0, the menace, he beat me on his way uh, to victory. Uh, so well done to Dennis. Now, this is Dennis's first 5-0, so a special shout out to him. Uh, he's been playing for, I think about, I think like in competitive tournaments, maybe like six months. Um, this is his first 5-0, so he should be super happy with that. He beat a bunch of people. Adam Mumford, who did really well with his cockatrices last week. Um, I think he also beat Owen. He beat me. So he, he had a, I think he beat Cabbage. So he had a very tough path to victory. Um, the GNT GT sounds fun and messy. It was super fun. Uh, he had a Guardian of Souls, two Cruel Gas Cruciators, a Spirit Torment, 30 Blade Guys Revenants, 20 Blade Guys Revenants, and two units of three Spirit Hosts, and a unit of reinforced Mimron Banshees. He had double Battle Regiment, and he had a unit of Bounty Hunters, taking him to four drops. His two units of Blade Guys Revenants, his 30 and his 20, were, of course, uh, his Bounty Hunter units. Now, uh, like, absolutely amazing stuff here because that double cruel gas cruciator means that because they stack that even if you're damaged three you're now damaged one and then with the ability to just roll four up armor saves and having a five up ward it means that you're just absolutely unlikely to kill most stuff in that army like it's really survivable really really survivable with the double cruciator meaning that like and then you've got it but then you just have to do a lot of attacks into it. And that's the real difficult part, making sure you can do lots of attacks to it. It's kind of like mid-board slow, uh, move eight inches and charge. Um, it's got some really great spell defense from the Mimron Banshees as well, of course. Um, the Bastard of Magic is a great caster and a great unbinder as well. Dennis has played it really well, um, really thought about how to play it, pushed it all at his enemy. Uh, and just had some amazing results, so he should be super proud. Uh, keep your eye out for more of Dennis the Menace. And then a man who needs no introduction, Mr. Owen Jackson from Team Wales. Uh, he has a Sylvaneth list with a Warsong Revenant, uh, an Arch Revenant, and a Battle Mage from the Realm of Gur, so plus two to charge. He combos that with a Spite Swarm High for plus five to charge. Five Kurnoth Hunters with Great Bows, six Kurnoth Hunters with Scythes, and then two units of five Tree Revenants for the Teleport, all in a battle reg. He's got the arcane tome. He's got master of magic. He's got the battle reg. He's got all of the tricks. Um, uh, like he's got the ability to re reduce the, to add to the rend with tree song. So then he's going to do loads of extra damage with those Colonel Thunders with great scythes. The um, sorry, yeah, with scythes. The bows are going to do shooting at range. He's going to teleport in, charge, fight, teleport away. Absolutely phenomenal stuff. Uh, great event. Uh, a special shout-out at that event uh, to uh, <laughs> Oliver, his very first two-day event ever. Uh, a special shout-out to him. Um, I don't think I've ever seen Rob review his own list before. <laughs> no, I, I went 3-2. Well, I went. I actually went three wins, one draw, one loss. So I've only lost a Nighthaunt with that list so far. Just don't have a solution for them. Um, okay, so what do I think so far looking at the events and looking at the stats? Um, kind of the same thing I was feeling last week. Like we didn't see the Bellacores in play this week, which I think is interesting. Some really clever tech in like Corn Demon Princes shutting stuff down. Saves the Darkness really featuring a little bit more than I expected, and I think that's really good. Uh, shout out to Toby for that really interesting list, which I thought was really good, and also to our list that we saw uh, 40 Chaos Warriors, which I think is good as well. Some nice tools in the Saves the Darkness to deal with lots of the things that are out there as well. Um, I guess the real takeaway from this uh, this week. Uh, is that there are just so many 
different factions and lists that are doing really well, that it really is a player's game at the minute. You can play really well. Now, some of those lists we see time and again, and sure, yes, Seraphon are still crazy good with loads of different units and abilities. Um, but it does really look like a load of people are just making lists that they're making their own and they're achieving some stuff. Now, we haven't really, we don't really track the battle tactics, so it probably is also true that like with battle tactics and grand strategies in play for your own from your own books that you can build lists that are a little bit more your own because you really have only got to do like three easy battle tactics from the core ones and then just two from your own book but it really depends on what book you're playing with but a variety of different lists a variety of different play styles and a variety of different results means the game's in a really healthy place which i think is really good there's some really nice minutiae for deciding on who plays well and where they play well and i think uh that's fantastic also shout out to the mighty skull crushers i mean what the hell like what the hell um i hope you've enjoyed uh the review uh of course you can uh subscribe or like and do all those other things leave some comments share it with your friends um the honest wargamer and the age of sigmar stat center is the place for competitive age of sigmar uh, news and information in my personal opinion uh but that's because i don't watch anything else so that's why uh but i hope you've enjoyed it <laughs> thanks for tuning in